Next week is budget week. We got the federal budget being unveiled on Monday and then the B.C. provincial budget coming down on Tuesday. Now, governments, of course, has been spending record amounts of money in COVID-19 relief programs and trying to help Canadians get through these tough times. But as we work our way out of this pandemic, the question needs to be asked... How are we going to pay for it all? Could some of the richest Canadians potentially chip in a little bit more to help everyone else? Well, the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives BC office took a look at just how much wealth is controlled by the few and it found that one year into this pandemic, billionaire wealth is actually up $78 billion. Economist and public finance policy analyst Alex Hemingway found that 47 Canadians also control $270 billion in total wealth, while at the same time, 5.5 million Canadian workers either lost their job or had their hours cut back due to the coronavirus. So, to talk a little bit more about all this, I'm going to welcome Alex to the show now. Alex, how are you doing here on this Thursday? Uh, doing well, yeah. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Uh, looking forward to getting out into the sunshine later. Absolutely, me as well. But uh, got to get through some of those, uh, you know, important conversations. I think here first. So, uh, first thing I just wanted to ask. I mean, uh, among the data you found, Canada's 87 richest families each hold, on average, 4,448 times more wealth than the typical family. Together, these 87 families hold more wealth than the bottom 12 million Canadians combined. When you were compiling this information, was there anything here that surprised you? Because, I mean, you and I talked about this idea of a wealth tax not all that long ago, so I can't imagine this information was at all shocking to you. No, but, you know, in, in a way it is shocking each time you see it and, and you can cut it in all sorts of different ways. Uh, if you look at, say, the, the richest 1% in the country, we're looking at them alone controlling uh, 26% of Canada's wealth or actually possibly up to 29% depending on whose estimate you uh, uh, use. And uh, the, I think one thing that is, um, if not shocking then, then really galling to people is how much that wealth has increased over the course of this past year while well, Canadians have, uh, so many Canadians have been suffering uh, the, the huge job loss that we've seen uh, is really um, marks a disconnect between what's happening to regular Canadians and uh, the, the real takeoff in wealth among uh, the billionaires uh, and the top 1%. So why is it so important, do you think, to even know this information? I mean, when we're talking about, we're, this is the rich of the rich, right? This is not even the 1%. This is the 1% of the 1% that we're talking about here. Uh, yeah. Why is it important to, to really be aware of just how much wealth is being controlled up there? Well, I think there are a few reasons uh, why it's important to pay attention to this. Uh, one is, you know, when we look around us today, we know as a society we have some really big challenges we need to meet. You know, we see that looming crisis of climate change. Uh, we're, we're still in the thick of this pandemic. Uh, we know people have trouble uh, uh, affording and accessing uh, really crucial services like childcare. Uh, we see that the price of housing continuing to skyrocket. In each of these areas, we know uh, a big part of the solution is going to have to be making some investments together through our collective institutions of government to address these crises. These aren't the, the types of challenges that can be um, solved by the market alone. So, you know, when we look at the wealth uh, concentrated at the, at the very top of our society, you know, it's a reminder that actually 
overall, Canada is an incredibly rich country. We do have the resources to uh, start investing and in addressing some of these challenges, uh, but that's going to mean uh, harnessing that wealth, but making use of it together and not just uh, leaving it in the hands of a very, very few uh, people. Now, I guess, why do you think like this data, how is this data useful? I mean, we talked about it, uh, I can't remember when, three, four weeks ago, maybe the whole wealth tax idea, um, you know, and it's looking at basically how we can get the, the top earners to contribute a little bit more, right? So that way we can pay for things like healthcare, uh, like education, all of these things. If they put in a little bit more money, it would be pretty substantial in being able to contribute to additional programming here in our country. So, uh, you know, just being aware of this data, do you think that maybe it could push some policymakers to, to look a little bit more closely at how our wealth is divvied up in this country and figure out a way to have those top earners contribute a little bit more? I mean, having this in front of you, I would imagine would, would help you kind of lean a little bit more towards, hey, we got we to gotta fix something here. Yeah, look, I mean, I think uh, the vast majority of people see these types of numbers, hear these types of stories, and, and of course we've been hearing them for many years now. It's not just during the pandemic, that uh, rise of, uh, of the wealthiest few. Uh, uh, people on the whole strongly disagree with this and you know uh there are i think the good news is that there is a lot we can do in terms of uh, uh moving some of those public policy levers to to equalize things a bit as you say uh, uh ask the richest few to chip in uh a, a little bit more to to meet some of these challenges we're facing and you know it's i think it's worth mentioning a few of those uh those policy possibilities as you mentioned you know we, you and i have talked before about uh the idea of an annual wealth tax that's one of those solutions that can put a dent in this thing uh so we did some modeling on this a, a few weeks ago we found that if you had even a small wealth tax uh of one percent uh annually on the wealth over 20 million dollars so here we're talking about 25 thousand families, the richest families in the country, the top 0.2% would be affected by a tax like this. Uh, you can bring in $10 billion per year uh, in, in revenue and, and rising from there. And we also looked at, you know, you, you could do a slightly more aggressive wealth tax that ramps up to a rate of 3% on even higher levels of wealth, over $100 million. You can bring in $20 billion a year of revenue doing things like that. Uh, and, you know, that's just one of the options on the table. I mean, I, I could go through a whole list of them and maybe we'll talk about a few, a, a few more, uh, but uh, I won't go on right in this moment. Um, but the other thing I would say, in addition to the tax system, it's not just uh, the tax system that's going to get us out of this mess. We do need to shift the balance of power uh, between uh, working people and uh, and the richest few uh, in our society. And that can mean a whole range of things. That can mean having more power in the workplace through higher levels of unionization. It can mean strengthening some of the labor rights. You know, we, we know that uh, frontline workers, low-wage workers have really been left behind uh, in this pandemic. And uh, some of the, their employers are the very billionaires uh, on, on, on the list and research that, that we've put out, such as uh, Jim Patterson here in BC. I think, you know, this pandemic probably has, um, you know, people who are controlling our finances, maybe looking a little bit more closely at some creative solutions. I would hope that that would be the case anyway. What do I know? But I can hope that that would be something that will be talked about is how do we collect a few more dollars? How does the government gain some more revenue so that 
this record hole that we find ourselves in in terms of debt can can slowly be worked out of and uh, continue to pay for a lot of these programs that, of course, are really important at this point in time. Um, what are some of those other ideas? You, you mentioned there's a few different yeah. things on top of that, that 1% wealth tax over $20 million. What, what other thoughts could be out there as a way to uh, increase revenue and, and, you know, really help try to even the playing field, I suppose, when it comes to paying for services that the country provides? Yeah, and there, there are tools that we could use uh, tomorrow if, if the choice was, was made in government to do so. You know, the, the wealth tax is a nice one because it really zeroes in on the richest of the rich, and it's an, it's an important tool in that sense. Another one is uh, looking at the way that we treat uh, and tax different types of income in this country. Uh, so some people will be aware and others won't that uh, the income that you make from uh, work, from labor, from your salary or wages, is taxed differently than income from capital gains, essentially gains on uh, stocks and other assets uh, as they increase in value over time. Well, capital gains are taxed uh, at only half the rate of income from uh, regular work, from wages and salary. Uh, there's really very little economic justification for this type of tax structure and uh, an increasing number of economists really across the spectrum uh, are acknowledging this. If we close that gap and equalize the treatment of uh, capital gains income and labor income, that would bring in uh, a loan, $15 billion per year in additional uh, revenue at federal and provincial level, uh, uh, levels. And that's, that's really just a stroke of the pen uh, type of change that could be made. And it happens to be that uh, the benefits from this preferential tax treatment uh, go overwhelmingly to the richest 10% or so of Canadians. It barely affects uh, uh, anyone else. So that's one of the, the quick and easy changes we could make. And, you know, there are traditional uh, levers that uh, people think about when you think about taxing the rich. Increasing that top income tax rate. We still have room to do that, both at a provincial and federal level uh, in this country. And, and similarly, uh, when it comes to uh, taxing corporations directly, we've seen uh, both in the UK uh, just in the past couple of months and, and an uh, announcement of the in intention uh, in the US to raise corporate tax rates. That is something we've been told for many years that we can't do, it's not realistic, uh, but actually uh, we can, there's room to do that and that can make a difference as well. What is your level of hope or optimism that we will see You know, some policy changes made because of this pandemic? Of course, the COVID-19 situation has been 99.5% negative, but there are a few things that have, you know, come out as positives in relation to this. Do you think this might be one that could potentially be a positive if it is looked at, you know, seriously as potential changes to, to the tax system or, or just divvying up wealth a little bit more evenly within this country? Do you see this pandemic is maybe driving things in that direction, which we wouldn't have been looking at probably had we not uh, found ourselves going through this coronavirus situation. I, I think I think there's no going back. I think we are going to see some some real changes in, in the months and, and years to come. And you can see those indications south of the border as well. You know, changes are going to be happening in the U.S. And I think they're going to be happening here as well. The question is, you know, how significant are they going to be? And there are forces, you know, pushing in both directions. When we talk about the wealth tax, uh, we know that uh, 80%, and 79% to be precise, of Canadians uh, support it. That crosses party lines. So you have this overwhelming public opinion in favor of action. On the other hand, uh, you know everyone knows that the wealthy 
exert significant influence in our politics and across party lines. We know that our governments are close to Bay Street uh, in this country. Uh, so, you know, a, a part of it depends on what all of us do in terms of, uh, you know, uh, pushing for the types of policies that we want to see uh, uh, in this country. We are going to see uh, change, though. I think uh, there, there's no question about that. And uh, there's going to be a real uh, battle as to uh, what type of shape that takes. Well, Alex, I think this is uh, important information for people just to be aware of first and foremost. And then um, once you're kind of aware of the situation, maybe that leads to some change. So we'll see what happens here. But I think this is an important conversation and um, an interesting exercise that you did here as well. Uh, Appreciate this. Thank you so much. I guess anything else that you wanted to, to throw out there while I do have you on this subject? Well, I would just say, you know, uh, uh, we've been through a very long period uh, in this country and many others where we've been told, you know, there's really no money left. Uh, there's not really much we can do to uh, tax the rich. They're, they're too clever. They're too powerful. They're going to get out of it. Uh, but actually, uh, what happens depends on all of us, the decisions we make and how much we get involved. And so I would just say, you know, the... <laughs> It's a bit of a cliche, I guess, but the future is uh, ours to make here, and uh, I think we can we can build something uh, uh, better in this country. We certainly have the policy dispo- uh, tools at our disposal, uh, and it's a question of uh, the decisions we all make together uh, in terms of the type of future we're going to have. Alex, again, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. We'll definitely catch up uh, in the not-too-distant future, I'm sure, but uh, otherwise have a great rest of your Thursday, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up in the future. You too. I appreciate the time. No problem at all. Alex Hemingway there, economist and public finance policy analyst with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, BC office, speaking there uh, to the fact that so much wealth in our country is controlled by so few. 47 Canadian billionaires now control $270 billion in total wealth. I'm jealous. I wish I was uh, part of that 47, but I'm not. And so therefore, I feel like it would be nice to chip in a little bit more when it comes to our tax situation, when it comes to helping us get out of this whole COVID-19 pandemic. I'm sure that a lot of them are, are you know, putting some money in good places, doing charitable work and, and all that good stuff that uh, you, you have available to you when you have that enormous amount of wealth. I don't want to say that it's a, it's a bad thing for those people, but it's a bad thing for those of us who don't find ourselves in that particularly awesome financial situation.